play a game with you. You probably know this game. I play it all the time. It goes like this. Do you know so-and-so? And I say something like, well, I've heard of that name. Or maybe I say, yeah, yeah, I know him. Or maybe I say something like, well, I know his brother or his mother or his sister or I know the family name. Or maybe I say, well, 40 years ago I went to school with him but I really haven't seen him since then. Or maybe I say, well, I run into him occasionally. Or I see him once in a while or maybe say, oh no, I know him. I know who that is. Or maybe I say something like, no, I really know him. I know, I know his favorite food, his favorite color, and what kind of music he likes. I know him. Or maybe it's even deeper. I'm even closer and I know his ambitions and his desires. I, I, I know what kind of a man he is or who he would like to be. And then there's even a deeper knowing than that, isn't there? You see how this goes from, yeah, I've heard of the name, and we're getting deeper and deeper and deeper until you really know someone? And to me, that culminates with the King James Version of Adam knew his wife, and she bore him a son. See how we have an awareness of somebody's existence? Moving all the way down to where my heart and their heart are the same. I know them. You know people like that? That you really know? You know their stories? How about this? You could even finish their sentences for them. Or when somebody says something, you know how they'll respond. You know how it is when you really know someone? Well, how about the other way around of that? How is it to really be known? Doesn't it feel good? To be known. I, I, have, I have a few people, a handful, that really know me. There's a, a bigger circle of people who kind of know me. And then there's a bigger circle yet of people who've heard of me. And then there's the rest of the world who doesn't have a clue who I am, right? Isn't that kind of how our life goes? And that's okay. It's the way it is. Um, but don't you love to be known? Isn't it nice to be around somebody who really knows you? Can't you just kind of relax and be yourself? Maybe I'm the only one that does that, but when I'm around strangers, I can kind of try to put my best foot forward, you know, try to leave a good impression. And around those people that know me the best, <laughs> there's no hope. They know me. There's no reason to try anymore, right? I can just be me. So this brings us to Jesus. And how well do you know him? Oh, I've heard of him. Sure, I've heard of him. Jesus? Yeah, he's famous. Everybody knows Jesus. You know the name? Maybe you've heard some of the stories about Jesus. Or maybe you've read a bit and maybe you've been introduced. Or, you know, it's kind of like this. Um, there's a dispute about how many years, so I'll just say 30 plus. 30 plus years ago, I got married to a woman that I knew. And do you know what? 30 some years later, I know her a whole lot better than I used to. Now, day by day, 
new things get revealed. Things that I never knew about her. Really deep things. You know, but this, this relationship we've had for these 30 plus years has grown closer and closer and closer to where I can say, I know Lana and she knows me. And you know, it's kind of the same thing with Jesus. Over the years, I've come to know him. Haven't you? So at one point, I, I knew I had heard of him, and then I knew about him, and then I was introduced to him. And then it, I think that I know Jesus. And then time passes, and I look back and say, I didn't really know him at all then. I barely scratched the surface. Now I know him so much better. The benefits of a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus are incredible. The benefits of having a deep, loving relationship with my wife, the benefits of that are incredible. To be known and to know. It's just a deep, intimate thing. If you've experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. And I dare to say, if you haven't experienced, it's a longing in your heart that you wish you had. Because we are made for relationship. So, how well do you know Jesus? 1 John chapter 2, we'll start in verse 3. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know where you're in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So here's a test, a relationship test. It's kind of like Facebook. Have you seen all the tests on Facebook you can take to find out what kind of superhero you would be or what your kind of music is or this or that? And they ask you a few questions and then they blurt out, well, here's what you are. Here's what you're like. The Bible does the same thing. Here's the test. Do you do what Jesus says? If you do what Jesus says, you know him. If you don't do what Jesus says, 1 John says, if you don't do what Jesus says but you claim to know him, you're a liar. <laughs> uh, and the truth is not in that person. When you obey, our love is made complete. You know you are in him when you live like Jesus lives. So, what's the point of this passage? What's it trying to teach us? Well, let's go back to our relationships. You see, in the early stages of relationship with Jesus, when you know him, um, and I learn of his commands because I know him. He tells me what to do. And I really struggle with the commands. Because quite frankly, they're pretty foreign to me. And it's a different way of doing things than the way the world and I do naturally. So I struggle with them. Some of the commands I like. They make sense to me and they're fairly easy. Like, do not murder. And I say, well, I haven't done that for a long time, so I'm pretty good on that one. That's easy. But I get to others that I don't understand. Turn the other cheek? Are you kidding me? I can't do that. That's ridiculous. You know, pick your own command. The ones you don't understand or the ones you don't like. 
And the ones you don't understand and the ones you don't like are the hardest ones to keep, aren't they? So it's a struggle to do what Jesus commands. Our obedience, although we have some, is not consistent. Consistent, And uh, sometimes I'm barely obedient at all. That means I don't know Jesus very well. There's a correlation between how much time I spend in obedience to Jesus and how well I know him. When I am not obeying his commands, what it's telling Jesus and everyone else is, I don't know you very well, Jesus. But think about it. I move a little closer. I I grow closer to Jesus and I, I begin to know who he is. And the more I know Jesus and know his heart, somehow his commands become easier to follow. I understand them more. And whereas there were some commands like do not murder that I've been really good at, now there's more and more that are in that category that I'm, I'm really good at. There's no struggle to obey. I just obey. And, and the number of commands that I'm just totally put off by shrinks and shrinks. So more obedience, more awareness, more agreement with Jesus because I know him. Then I move even closer. I begin to understand his heart. I know his favorite colors. You know, that kind of relationship. Um, It becomes easier and easier. And the ones that are hard become less hard and fewer of them. And then I grow closer. Even closer yet. And I begin to know his heart. To know him more. I begin to hear his voice and recognize that it's Jesus speaking to me. And while there are still some commands I don't understand and don't get, there's less and less of them. And the ones that I do understand and that I do obey are more and more. You see how this is going, right? The closer I get to Jesus, the more my heart is like his heart and I obey his commands. I can, in the history of Tony... When I first came to know Jesus and know of his commands, I didn't do very well at obeying his commands. And quite frankly, sometimes I obeyed his commands just because I was told I should. Don't you get that way sometimes? You hear the commands and you know, thou shalt. Somebody says it that way and you say, you know, I... I, If I'm going to be a good person, I should do that. That's the way I should live. So I began to incorporate the commands of Jesus into my life without bringing Jesus along. And that's a really, really strange type of relationship. Do you know there are people who put posters up in their bedroom of people they don't even know? Isn't that crazy? Matter of fact, there's this whole company called Fathead.com. And they will sell you a life-size poster of somebody that you can put on your bedroom wall. And you don't even know them. 
They're a singer or a football player or a musician or a superhero. And there they are plastered on your wall like you have some kind of relationship with them. We have two words for that kind of relationship. Either you're a, quote, fan or you're a stalker. <laughs> right? You idolize and worship someone that you do not even know. And then you start to do all kinds of crazy things. Like buy somebody else's clothes and wear them so that you will look like and represent the person. Could you imagine wearing somebody else's football jersey? That blows my mind. That's nuts. Sorry, no offense. Everybody does it apparently. They sell them like crazy. Or, or dressing like a pop singer so you'll be recognized as a fan. That's not a normal, healthy relationship. Yet many Christians have that kind of a relationship with Jesus. We put his picture up on the wall, some symbol of Jesus, and we know Jesus and we're great fans of Jesus, but we don't know Jesus. Right? And it's those times and people in that relationship who have a really hard time obeying his commands. Because they don't know him. So it's weird that we go down this path of getting to know Jesus and somehow we take a hard right off of that path and pursue the things of Jesus and the things that Jesus has told us to do without pursuing Jesus. It is the call of the enemy to get you away from Jesus to anything else. Even if it's the things of Jesus that he's calling you towards. Jesus described the Pharisees and other groups like that. That you worship me with your mouth. But your hearts are far from me. <clears throat> and what we learn in 1 John is. When your heart and Jesus' heart are becoming closer and closer and closer, you will obey his commands. It's the natural result. And so our enemy in the world, the system of the world says, if you're not doing something well, you should train and try harder until you do it better. So if there are commands that you're not keeping, you should study those commands. You should learn the nuances, the ins and outs of what the command means. In fact, why don't you go back to the original words and study what the original word meant so that you can understand the command better. Because if you understand the command better, you'll keep it. But that never works, does it? And even if it does, we begin to obey the command and do the things that we're told to do without the intimacy of Jesus. Which doesn't produce the heart in us that Jesus wants us to have so that we really never live like him. So we become to do the things that he does without living like him. Which is like wearing a football player's jersey while we sit on the couch. 
Football uniforms are made to be worn by football players who are playing the game. Now, I'm just teasing about all this fan stuff to make a point. You can wear whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's that that does not make you be like that person. And you never will know their heart or live like they do because you don't know them. And wearing their things and saying their songs and all that doesn't make you be like them. No more than it makes you be like Jesus to pretend to act like Jesus. You don't become like Jesus by changing your behavior. You become like Jesus by getting to know him deeply and intimately and personally. And as you know him, you will change. Um, So this pattern, I get closer and closer to Jesus. And I know more and more about him. I know his heart. I know his words. His thoughts become my thoughts. His words become my words. His heart becomes my heart. His love becomes my love. As I move closer and closer and closer. You know they say that people begin to look like their pets. You know because they have this tight relationship. I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. I also think sometimes husband and wives look more and more alike over the years. I don't know. It's weird. And it's sometimes not a good thing. But the closer and closer you become to someone, the more and more like them you become. That's the message from 1 John chapter 2. As you become more intimate in your relationship with Jesus, you will become more like him. So on the one hand, we have the pursuing... Let's see, Jesus says this, so I'm going to say this. Jesus eats this, so I'm going to eat this. It's not the way. Come to know Jesus deeply, and the things of him will become the things of you. And so, I I know that we, we all sometimes struggle with his commands. And when we struggle with his commands... The task at hand is not to overcome the command, but to pursue Jesus and become more intimate with him. So which comes first? Love for God or obedience to God? Obedience to God or love for God? Which comes first? I'm telling you, it's one of those things that you can't hardly separate. As your love for God increases, your obedience increases. And as your obedience increases, your love for God increases. But it stems from the heart, because it's the heart that matters. So, verse 1, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Peter, Peter, John, is writing this to us so that we will not sin. The goal is that we will not sin. If we live like Jesus, we will not sin. Talk about a messed up worldview, right? I sinned yesterday, I'll sin today, and I'll sin tomorrow. Is 
that the way you face your world? I'm willing to, to say that if that's the way you approach life, I have a pretty strong prediction that you will continue in sin. Right? You've already acknowledged that you're going to. You always have. You always will. I'm just a sinner. I write this to you so that you will not sin. Is he lying? Tricking us? Setting us up? You know, like pulling the football away when we try to kick it? Ha <laughs> ha, I told you you couldn't do it. The Bible makes it pretty clear that those who are followers of Jesus will sin less and less and less until we don't sin. Now, I'm amazed when you say things like this, the amount of pushback you'll get from Christians. Most Christians hate the idea and the concept that they should not sin, and I don't understand why. Is it your plan that you will sin tomorrow? It shouldn't be, my friends. Obedience to Christ says, I write this to you so you will not sin. But, if anybody does. So here's the allowance. We just read that if you love Jesus, if you know him, you will keep his commands. And as you know him more and more, you will keep his commands more and more and more. But if you do sin... So, we kind of live like this, like this, right? This is what I told you to do. This is what I expect you to do. And if you don't do this, you are going to suffer the consequences. Isn't that the way life works? That's the way I raise my kids. When I tell you to do something, that's what I expect you to do. And if you don't, you're going to pay the price. So we think God's that way. This is what I told you to do. And if you don't do it... <laughs> Wait and see. That's not what Jesus says. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I want to paint a scene. The Father sitting in his throne. Okay? And he's watching us. This isn't totally accurate. It's just the story here. Jesus the father on the throne watching us and the accuser our enemy is there and says you see what Tony did you see that he says he loves you God but did you see what he did he's not a part of your family he's got a bad heart that's my accuser the enemy that's the role he plays he accuses the brethren but Jesus is right there saying uh Excuse me. He, he's part of the family. His sins are forgiven. He's washed white as snow. He, I, I, paid, I paid the penalty for his sin, Jesus says. I, I got him covered. He's, his sins are forgiven. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous one. Now see, this is where we were talking earlier about getting to know Jesus. Because it's how well you know him that impacts how much you obey him. So, why would you want to know Jesus? 
again, our enemy, the father of lies, has painted some kind of picture that Jesus is some kind of milk toast, Mr. Rogers, welcome to my neighborhood kind of a guy. And I want to ask you, if you committed a crime and the penalty for that crime was capital punishment, you were going to die. And somebody come busting in the courtroom to say, I'll die in his place. I will die in his place. Would you call that man a hero? Maybe a savior, a redeemer, a superhero? Or would you put on a sweater and say, welcome to my neighborhood? Jesus is the man that runs into the situation when everyone else runs out. Jesus is the one who never leaves your side. No matter what situation you find yourself in, Jesus is there with you. He is the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. What does it mean, atoning sacrifice? Well, the wages of sin is death. Laws of this world... There are just some things that are true. That's the truth. The result of sin is death. It starts all the way back in the garden with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve sinned. What happened after that? Well, they, they put some fig leaves together to make clothes and God said, no, that's not sufficient. And so he made them some clothes out of leather. Now you know where leather comes from, right? Animals have to die so that leather is made. Adam and Eve in the garden, death so they could be covered. Their sins could be covered. Then sacrifices began. Abraham was told to sacrifice his son Isaac, right? And Moses on Mount Sinai got the law and they said, here's what you got to do. Build an altar and kill kill a heifer and sprinkle the whole thing with blood and burn that up and it'll cover your sins. It covered them, didn't remove them. And and the whole world lived under that kind of sacrificial law, covering, dealing with sins by the, by the shedding of blood, until the Lamb of God came. Jesus, the perfect Lamb. Now I know, it's a weird story, that Jesus in heaven would leave that and come and dwell here with us, like us. And you know it says that Jesus was tempted in every way. Now, a friend of mine pointed out to me that none of us are tempted in every way. There are many things, many temptations that are not a temptation for me at all. They might be for you, and there are some that are a temptation for me that you don't not bother you at all. Jesus was tempted in every way. And he didn't sin. Now, there's a lot of situations I haven't been in, like having cancer. But you know, it seems that those people who have cancer and are in some form of remission or complete victory over cancer, they can really relate to other people who have cancer, can't they? They can understand. 
Those who have lost a child, you know, a child has died. They really are able to empathize and sympathize with others who've lost a child. When somebody is tempted by something and they fall, someone who has been tempted by that same thing is able to empathize and understand. I know. I know. Me too, Jesus says. I was tempted by that. I understand. He knows your story. He knows my story. And he paid the sacrifice. Tony, you just sinned again. You've been found guilty. And the punishment for that is death. And Jesus dies for me. Jesus dies for you. That's the sacrifice. What's it mean to be atoning? Well, atone means to uh, make amends or reparation. I violated the laws of the universe when I sinned. Jesus makes it right. He's the atoning sacrifice. The Lamb of God, perfect, sinless, his life was taken, his blood was shed, so that mine would not need to be. He paid the debt that I was unable to pay. On my behalf, he died for my sins so that I would not have to. Now that sounds like somebody I'd like to know. Don't you? I want to know him more and more. Because rarely will somebody do some kind of sacrificial thing for me. And when they do, I'm very grateful. And I want, to, I want to spend time with them and get to know them, right? Now how much more Jesus, who did something for me that I was unable to do. He did it for me. But you know, he didn't just do it for me. He did it for you. He did it for the whole world. He paid it all. So we started out by saying, how well do you know Jesus? And I know that everybody in this room is at a different point in their relationship with Jesus and how well they know him. But the invitation from Jesus is, come closer. Come closer. Get to know me better. Hear my voice. Listen to me. My experience is this. The more I know about Jesus and the more I know of him, the more I want to know. You know, a lot of us, we were talking earlier about having this deep, intimate, personal relationship. Many of us don't want that kind of relationship because we don't want to be exposed for what we're really like deep inside, right? I keep everybody out so they won't, if they only knew what I was like, they wouldn't want to be here. Jesus already knows. He knows you. You know that deep, deep, dark secret that you don't want anyone to know. He knows. And he says, I'm still here. So you might be like the sheep that was lost. You know the one out of the hundred that's lost? And, and Jesus leaves the 99 and come and finds the one. That's the heart of Jesus. 
So as we begin to see what kind of man Jesus is, there's just a draw. The more you know about Jesus, the more you want to know. The closer you want to be. He is a man that rescues, rescues others from danger and death. Some people would say, you made, your, you made your bed, now you're going to have to lie in it. But Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says, you deserve a second chance. And a third chance. Some would say, you had your chance. We put up with you as much as we're going to. Not Jesus. He says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If Jesus were in the room today, he'd be the man you wanted to sit next to. To see the expression on his face. To hear his voice. To listen to the words he had to say. Some guy on TV says he's the most interesting man in the world. Well, he's pretty interesting, but he's nothing compared to Jesus, who is the most interesting man in the world. Come closer. Get to know him better. Recognize his voice. Did you hear that? That was Jesus. Did you hear it? Experience the love that he has for you. As Jesus has given you a new heart, he's written his commands on your heart, and he is now living in your heart. And as you live from that heart, obedience is the natural uh, outcome of that. So you should not sin if you know Jesus. You should not. But even if you do, Jesus is still there to be the atoning sacrifice for your sin. Open your heart to him. Tell him your stories. And let him hear your, and you listen to his stories. Run to him, not away from him. And as you know him, you will naturally obey his commands. And so in the end, to really know him is to be in him and is to live like him natural. So we're not the, the stalker who's dressing like some famous person to try to pretend to be them. It's not that kind of a fake relationship. Instead it's the deep intimate relationship like husband and wife have after years and years of knowing each other. Being able to complete each other's sentences. To know what they're going to like and what they're not going to like. Some days Lana tells me to take out the trash. you know what I do? Mostly, usually. Okay, sometimes. I take the trash out. Because I'm afraid of her. Because I don't want her to be mad at me. Because I want her to be happy with me. No. Because I love her and I'm like her and there's some trash here and it needs to be over there. And I do what she asked me because we're one. And, and to, to be a slave to obedience out of some kind of, uh, of trying to please somebody, to measure up, that's a burden you don't need to take on. Psalm 119 talks about that his commands are written in our heart. And when we finally get there, we can run in the path of his commands. Right? I hear people tell me that they live like they're, like they're walking on eggshells. You know, I don't want to upset the apple cart or anything. If I do the wrong thing, somebody's going to be mad at me and yell at me and kick me out of the house. 
from walking on eggshells, trying to be careful. Contrast that with running in the path of his commands. See, I don't, the need for care is gone. The being afraid that I'm going to fall out of line and, and be found out of favor, it's not an issue. I know Jesus. He knows me. The natural life and living in him is one of obedience. Joy running in the path of his commands. Oh, Jesus, it is the prayer of our heart that we would know you more and more. There are so many distractions and things that try to take our attention away from you, Jesus. But we want to keep our eyes fixed on you. You are the author and the perfecter of our faith. You are the lover of our souls. You are so fascinating, Jesus. We love your voice and your humor and your, your love for us and love for others. The compassion that you have, the rescue that you bring, the restoration and redemption that comes from you, Jesus. Oh, we want to be people just like that. We want to live from the strength and power of your heart that is in us. So it's our desire, Jesus, to come to know you more and more. Draw us closer and closer. Reveal yourself to us. Give us eyes to see you and ears to hear your voice. And Jesus, we know that the outcome of that will be obedience to you, which is what we also want. But we want you more. We want you first. We want you primarily. So we seek you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.